Dude, I, I remember I would go watch him, and then we'd go, like me and my brother would go out, and we'd play basketball until we'd get in a fight after. But I remembered, literally, I wanted to be like Mike. And I know I'm not the only one in here, so you, don't call me out, okay? But really, as I thought about information versus transformation, like I know a lot about him, but I don't know him. I don't have his phone number. I've never hung out with him. I don't know what he likes to eat. I don't know when he's ill or if he's a morning person or what, what he puts in his salad. or you, you know what I mean. And so I read this meme the other day and it said, we know a lot of hymns, but sometimes we struggle in knowing him. And so I, I was thinking about some of those songs. Tristan loves I'll Fly Away. He always wants to sing it. And sometimes some of those old hymns, you hear them and you've grown up hearing them. And sometimes it's easy to become complacent and you're sitting there singing them and your heart's not in it and you're just, you're just singing them. You're just ringing out just like anything else. Just like you're reciting something that's from some class that you regurgitated and then it's done. And I'm not saying that song's important. Old hymns are important. But I think sometimes we've got to be reminded that transformation happens and it happens from the inside. And in this story, you get to see it happen. And so many times when Jesus comes in contact with people, when it happens, when He talks to religious folks, they have it wrong as far as this conversation is concerned. Pick up reading in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. It says, On one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a good question. It's a great question. It's the same question that they asked in Acts 2. When their hearts were touched, they said, okay, well, what must we do to be saved? The answer is still the same. Okay? Jesus comes back at them, though. Look at 26. What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Jesus was so smart. He knew the answer, but look how he's flipped a script right here, okay? And then verse 27, he answered, Love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we know, we know those two things as like the greatest commandments when they were asked, okay? What are the greatest of these, okay? Love the Lord your God with all that you have, every bit. It's easy to understand what all means, right? It's one thing to know it, and it's a whole other thing to do it. That application, I think, is sometimes what gets us. We know what we need to be doing. We sound a little bit like Paul. The thing that I want to do, I don't. You know, it sounds kind of backwards when you read that. But we know what we need to do. But sometimes the very thing that we're unwilling to do is exactly the step that we need to make. So, so he says, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then after that, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so sometimes we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing at these things? Like, if you think about it in your life, how, when it comes to, like, the amount of time, if you said, what percentage, like, your phone's got a percentage. Mine's on 93 right now and moving. But what, where would yours be? Where, where is your all when it comes to your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength when it comes to what you're giving God? Because He said that you're supposed to love God with everything that you have. And that's a challenge. It's one thing for us to know it. It's a whole other animal to try to do those things. How about loving your neighbor as yourself? You may have some neighbors that you love and you may have some that you don't. But the reality is, Jesus is fixing to tell a story that has nothing to do with who your real neighbor is. Because that question comes up. 
Okay, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And here starts the story. So tonight, something for you to think about. Who is your neighbor? It's not talking about your neighbor at all. It's talking about the person that you don't associate with, the, the messy person, the half-bred person, the person that you shouldn't be around. That's who Jesus is fixing to talk about right here. So I want you thinking about right now in your mind, who is someone that you do not like? Don't say it out loud. It'd get awkward if they're in here. We all have somebody. Maybe somebody in here, maybe even as far as you hate that person. We all have those people. Some people are easy to love. Some of us are harder than others. But we all have someone. Jesus tells this story for a reason because I think so many times you can have things like this figured out, but when it comes to your love and the way that you treat people, you completely miss on that. And He's saying, you know, that's the law and the prophets. They hang on these things. Okay, so He tells this story. A man was going, verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. Alright, it's interesting that here come two religious people, okay? A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And then Jesus asked these questions. It's just a silly question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. I want you thinking about this week what that go and do likewise means for you. Because there's so many things that would have been a lot easier if Jesus hadn't said. Like something like this. Like, hey, I want you to to love your enemies. And I want you to pray for people who persecute you. He said a lot of hard things. Let the dead bury the dead. There's so many things that he said, but when he says this, that's something that you can't half-heartedly approach. You've got to say, okay, the people in my life that I don't like, how can I be a neighbor to those people? And he tells this story because he knew how people were then and he knows how people are now. And so sometimes I think as a church, we've got to be careful and understand that every day, the way that we treat people, it matters. And you're going to have days that you don't feel good. You're going to have days where it's not your best day or somebody pushes you to your limits. You've had dysfunction at home, your kids, whatever, fill in the blank. But this kind of thing matters so much that he tells these folks um, this story. And you've got to ask yourself, why is he saying this? And what can we take from it? And what would Jesus say if He had lunch with me today or supper tonight? Dustin, this week, I want you to go and do likewise. As you think about this story, I want you to love the very person that the world tells you to hate. I want you to take them in and I want you to take care of them so much that it costs you something. We all, so it's, there's a difference. There's a difference in us driving down the road and seeing somebody that's in need and then, I'm not asking you to get like carjacked or anything, but I'm saying there's, there's times where you see people, there's a need, and you just do something about it. James says if you see good that you should do and you don't, that it's sin. And so when you see that there's opportunities for you to be that neighbor, 
that, that is not even your neighbor. It shows the love of Jesus. Okay? If you love me, you keep my commandments. And, and, and as He commands us here in this to, to do this, to love our neighbors as ourselves, we've got to think about we've got to think about things. So I want to challenge us tonight to, to think about those everyday situations that maybe we don't take advantage of. Maybe for maybe for years you've been needing to have a conversation with someone, maybe even in your family, and you've never done it. Um, study the Bible with someone tonight. It, it's so easy to sit down and open up God's Word and see what God's plan is for salvation. It is so easy. Like I said, look at Acts 2 and start reading through those things. But as we think about these things, we're so busy in our life. Got soccer three nights this week. Jamie, it's going to be a busy week. You got all this stuff going on. And sometimes it's like, how do you, how do you slow down enough to be godly to the folks around you? So the people that you work with, the friends that you have, this week, how are they going to know that your heart, that your soul, that your mind, that it belongs to God? What can we do this week to reach out, to literally to be the hands and feet in this world that when people see us, they're like, man, there's something different. Like maybe it's when someone's mean, when someone's mean to us in the world today, we, we fire right back at them with something mean. And Jesus brought something so different to the table. So different that as He's on the cross, He says, Father, forgive them. He did things so different that we've got to learn if we're going to be His children, we're going to have to be like Him and we're going to have to be challenged that even when we don't want to do things, you know, we're commanded to do these things. And and who is your neighbor? Who is the person that, that maybe you don't even want to talk to, that you don't want to see? How can you love them? Because at the end of this, everyone in the story knows this person's the righteous person, this person's the godly person, and people are watching us. And they want to see something different, right? Holy nation, royal priesthood, set apart. That's what our life should be about. When people see us, they should see, they should see Jesus. And I think this is a really practical... I don't want to say easy because there's nothing easy about what He's saying here. But this is a really... This is a, this is a doable thing for us. And I want to challenge us this week to, to go out with a mindset of us doing this, to think about maybe it, literally it is your neighbor. What happens if you've been a neighbor to someone for years and you've never told them about Jesus? What happens if you've worked with someone for years and they don't know that they don't know that you've come in contact with the blood of Jesus and that everything in your life is is different because of that and that you have hope and joy and faith and you're living a different life because of that? We have the greatest story in the world ever to tell. It's time for us to start telling it. It's time for us to start showing it. And sometimes you don't have to say a word at all. You can just do the right thing and it tells the story of Jesus. I want to challenge you this week. I'd love to hear things maybe that you, that you need to do or that you're trying to do. And I say this as someone who struggles to do this because it's not easy. The easy thing is just to keep doing what you've always done. But that's not always what's best. Get outside your comfort zone this week and, and think about how, how you can be that neighbor and how you can be Christ-like to the folks around you. I love that our church is a place where people feel comfortable to come down the aisle and to confess sins. Very rarely do you see a place like that. I was talking to a preacher friend not long ago, and he said, man, we've had a few responses lately. I'm like, man, we have a few responses every service. Like, people are hurting. We're all hurting. We live in a world where people need Jesus, and we see that, and we come down here and we pray for each other and we hug each other. There's nothing more than we, that we would like to do tonight. If, if you need... 
to begin your walk with Jesus. If you've never done that, if you've never put Him on in baptism, if you've never began your walk, tonight's a good night. Nothing that we'd rather do. Maybe you've just, you've just left. Or maybe you haven't been that person to that neighbor in your life. And you want to ask for forgiveness, man, that we can make that happen tonight. Whatever your need may be, come as we stand and sing together. How do you explain? How do you describe a love that goes from east to west and runs as deep as it is wide? You know all our hopes. Lord, you know all our fears, and words cannot express the love we feel, but we long for you to hear. So listen to our hearts, and hear our spirits sing a song of praise that flows. From those you have redeemed, we will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. Enough to tell you of our love, so listen to our hearts. If words could fall like rain from these lips of mine, and if I had a thousand years, Lord, I would still run out of time. If you listen to my heart, 